Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN, it's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Six. It is a Wednesday and we are in the Toolkit Depot studio because we've got two hours of breakfast radio to bring you, courtesy of Frank Agostino and all the hard-working crew at Fleet Network. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist. Save your thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au. Scotty Cummings is in the house. Top of the morning to everybody. Yeah, you've got your ochre shirt on, which is a good sign because when you yeah. wear the ochre shirt, I'm up. you're up and about. Up about. Can't wear this without being in a good mood. Nathan Van Burlow from the Adelaide Crows will join us. Also, Nathan Sobey from the Boomer Stroke Bullets. We're going to probe him on who he thinks will win the NBL Grand Final series as well. And also, we'll be going to India, GS Vivak, who we've spoken to on the show a long time ago. We are really coal-faced journo, loves his cricket, also very supportive of the Australian crew and has got a great connection here in Australia. So, GS Vivak will also join us. Your calls, your texts. Scotty? Straight off the top, I'm going to ask you a question uh, in regards to Zach Merritt being named captain of Essingdon. Yeah. Of course. Uh, what do you make of that decision? A um, little bit of a surprise. I know you're in the Mason Redmond camp. I certainly was. Uh, impressive man, uh, Mason, and he's got a little bit of mongrel in him, as we saw at training. And anyone who gives Jake Stringer a clip's pretty good in our book. And he, he's. He's hardworking. He goes both ways. He he works forward attacking, and then he locks down on his man really, really well. I think he's a really good leader. We're not on the inside, of course, at Essendon, but from the outside, I would have suggested they pulled the wrong rein there. Zach Merritt was probably the easy choice, but I just I, I've watched Zach Merritt a lot, and he's one of those players that sort of just. Oh, he, he just he's just so one-dimensional. He, he'll get easy kicks. So he'll get lots of the footy, no doubt about that. And he'll get his little 15, 20-metre kicks and that sort of stuff. I don't think he hurts you that much. I don't think he chases too much. I don't think he doesn't really – I don't think he overly enjoys body contact. Um, and That's I'm not a pretty sure. harsh assessment. But it is, it is harsh They've assessment. They've got to see but something it, in him to but give it, him that's, sure. the way I, that's the way I feel about it. So sure, that's the way I'm, sure. But so does, does that make him a bad captain or not the right choice for captain if he does do those things? Or do you think he needs to set the example? If your captain doesn't crash in. Yep. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's games where the captain needs to lift his side. Yep. And, and when the captain does it, it, it's a funny thing to say because – there's moments in games where players can lift their side, no doubt about it. But when it's your captain as well, it's sort of everyone has to go with him. Everyone has to. You look at a Joel Selwood, whether you love Joel Selwood or not, as a captain, and they, he needed to get his hands dirty, he'd get his hands dirty and his whole side would follow him along. I'm not sure Zach Merritt's the sort of bloke that's going to drag everyone along with him. Zach Merritt seems to me as a guy who's pretty keen on getting his kicks and getting his possessions. Um, but, again, I'm saying that from the outside. I'm saying that as a football watcher. Um, I, I would have gone the other way with Mason Redwood myself, but they're cool. They know him better than I do. Well, Zach Merritt is the captain, and this is what he wants to get out of the job. 
that what I want to get out of it uh, would be to inspire Essen fans to wear their red and black really proudly again and um, on the back of that as well seeing the next generation of kids um, donning the sash with uh, you know, the number or numbers of their favourite players on their back. So he's sort of more the messaging for the fans, not so much the on-field stuff. I'm sure that will come. On-field's more important than anything else as a captain. No doubt about that. And every captain's going to say the right things in pre-season and try and get the supporter base behind them, get them to buy memberships and 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 spruik a, a club of unity, which Essendon really, really do need, don't they, at the moment? They need to you know, put everything that's happened in the past behind them and, and move forward and give their supporters some hope. But... Um, let's see what happens on field. On field's where it's most important. That's and that's why my whole thing's always been when you're announcing a captain or you're picking a captain, the captain has to be playing as as much as possible. Yeah, you're going to get some injuries from time to time, but if you've got a history of injuries, and that's why I was saying that Nat Five should have did the right thing by giving back the captaincy because he's not out there enough. And and when we were talking about Collingwood, I was like, oh. Not sure Taylor Adams, he gets, you know, he's had a lot of soft tissues. I'm not sure about Darcy as well. He can get injured. But I think you, you need your captain on the on the park. Mm. Lockie uh, Neal is, is one of those who's, uh, well, he's put his hand up in Brisbane. He thinks that he's ready to go. Dane Zorko has stepped down as captain. This is what uh, Lockie Neal wants to do in regards to captaining the Brisbane Lions. If the club um, and the players feel that I'm the right person to do that, then, yeah, I'd be um, really humbled and excited to, to do that role. He's got to be captain. You'd think so. I think he, for as he, long as he's there, he's got yeah, to be captain. He's perfect captain material. He's very level-headed. He's very calm, and he puts his body where it needs to be put mm. when it needs to be put there. And a terrific leader on field. I'm not sure what he's like as a bloke, but he, everything that we see of him and hear from him, he just he's got captain material. He wanted out though. He did. Yeah, that's uh, that's. The thing that's lingering, but we don't know why. Like, why did well, he? Personal reasons. He yeah. wanted to come back because he was having a baby, and he wanted mm. his. Well, that, well, that doesn't mean, yeah. So that doesn't mean that he's lost the the boys, or um, or that they won't follow him. He's there now. I think he's, you know, he clearly the way he plays, he's one hundred percent invested in the football club and his teammates. So I think he'd be absolutely good captain. I'm going to speak to Nathan Van Burla a little later in the show from the Adelaide Crows. We're going to talk about Jordan Dawson and that selection. So I'm going to pose that question. Now we go down to Fremantle, of course, and we know that they've still got their captaincy debate to be had. I know football clubs don't um, care about the media narrative and the fans will side with the football club. And I get that because they always do. It's, you know, oh, whatever the football club says is right. <laughs> the media, you know, who cares what you think or what you know, your time frame. I don't think it's in great. I don't, don't think it's great that it, it, it's the dominant topic down at Fremantle. I don't think it's great. I, I think I think they know that it's going to be, they think it's Alex Pierce and or Andrew Brayshaw. It won't be Caleb Sarong. So you can't tell me that they're going to decide after they play a couple of practice matches. Mm-hmm. So Alex Pierce, you're going to be captain. How does yeah. he go? And then Andrew I think Brayshaw. I've seen enough of both, haven't I? I would have thought so. Yeah. Now, the thing is with Andrew Brayshaw, the speculation you hear from the right people is that Andrew Brayshaw felt when Nat Five wanted to hand in the captaincy last year, allegedly, that Brayshaw was not ready. Not ready. And so in, in so his own words. Correct. And Five stayed on for one more, had a lot of injuries. Pierce was the one who stepped up. 
Brayshaw had clearly told the club that he didn't feel like he was ready-made. Yep. Now he might. But if, if, if Andrew Brayshaw in his own mind right now says, I don't think I'm ready to be captain, why doesn't he just go straight forward to Peter Bell, Bob Murphy, Simon Garlick and Justin Longman and say, I'm not ready to be captain, mm. and then it's a given. He might be now, though. What if he is now? That's, well, well, clearly that's that's yeah, what, so if, if, what yeah, I'm I, thinking is that's exactly what's happened. He's now said, oh, I think I might be ready. But has that boat sailed while Alex Pearce is still there for Andrew Brayshaw? Um, no, because Alex Pearce, Andrew Brayshaw will be captain at the club at some stage. Yes, he will. No doubt about that. Will. Um, I'm in the Alex Pearce camp this year for captaincy for, for the next however long and saying that. So if he's... Maybe he has sat down with Belly and said, yeah, no, I think I can do it. I think I'm ready. And maybe that's what the Dockers are waiting for to say, hang on, he's, you know, he thinks he's ready, he thinks he can do it. Let's let's throw him in there at a couple of times in the practice matches and see how he goes. Do we overcook the captaincy? Do we overcook what the role of the captain is? Now, now for, for me, I look at Shannon Hearn. He's a premiership captain and he's in that West Coast Eagles team and he played nearly all the games last year. Yep. And he's much loved and he's still fit. He's got a very big voice in that football club, yet he's not captain. Luke Shuey is captain. Yep. So does it really matter who's captain? Um, it's a funny one that you ask captains that and they will say, yes, it does matter. But I think when you're when you're out on the field, and you'll hear this a hundred times, it's, it's a cliche, but it's an accurate one, that everyone on the field can be a leader at some stage. Everyone on the field has a role to play that, can inspire, can motivate, and and some people are good at it. Some don't want to get involved in that sort of stuff. They just want to go out and play footy. They want to be quiet and level-headed and do their thing. Others are talkers and leaders and, and out in the park and they're shouting. I, 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 see the, I see the captaincy probably more of an off-field role. Um, this is why I think Andrew Brayshaw should be captain. Well, he's going to get a lot of extra responsibilities on his shoulders if if he is captain. There's no doubt about that. They have to do more off-field than most. But I think – and I don't want to be disrespectful to Alex Pearce, but, no. but Andrew Brayshaw is a better fit if you're talking about the all-round package of Fremantle. He just is. Really? Why? Because of the name, because of his exploits, because of – I think he's very eloquent, and I think Alex Pierce is obviously a very good on-field leader. Mm. So that's what I'm asking. What, where do they place the priorities as club of captains? Because, uh, you know, Shuey was a good ambassador in a really difficult time for that football club, and it's been a horrible couple of years, mm. and that's why I think they wanted to give him one more go at it because they said, give you a clean run – and give you, one, your fitness, and two, the, the fitness of the rest of the group to lead a team that's a, not a premiership contender, but a better contender. It's a funny one because I reckon it's – I reckon individuals – if you give Alex Pearce a captaincy, which, which I think they should. Like, he was terrific last year at it, no no doubt about that. And as the leader of their, of their back half, which has been really good um, – Alex Pierce, I think, is the sort of guy when he beats his man or he does something good down there, the rest of the players go, yes, and that gives them a bit of a lift. So on field, I think he'd be really, really important. Engine room of that football club. So oh, it's going to be one of the, the middle. It's going to be one of the best. Oh, no doubt about it. The engine, absolutely. And and Fremantle's midfield stocks will be, um, well, if they're in the probably top four midfields in the competition now, I reckon, yeah. if you look at their, their numbers and positions now. But they've got an opportunity, that midfield group, to be elite for a long period of time. There's no doubt about that. 
but I just think the big older fella down back uh, will be more follow me boy sort of guy and the lifter than anyone else. 13 12 55. Give us a call. Toolkit Depot open line or temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Fremantle fans or footy fans, which camp are you in? Brayshaw or Pierce? And it's a good conversation, and I don't think they'd be affected by it, but I think it's an unwarranted or an unnecessary n- narrative right now. Like, just pick it. Like, if you think you, if the footy club and the players know, they're not going to be. Well, surely they know. They're Gosh. not going to be inspired with it. Andrew Brayshaw okay. plays well in some. Maxim. I don't want to be a naysayer or a doomsayer, but let me just tell you, if Alex Pierce gets a soft tissue injury playing, and Brayshaw mm. won't, but if <laughs> Pierce does, yeah. take it to the bank. Andrew Brayshaw? Correct. That's a fair call. That's and a, I just think that's unnecessary pressure so on Alex Pierce. They should just say to him, you're captain, mate. Go out there and show us your wares this week. So would that be the reason why they're holding off for I so don't long? Think it, they won't say that publicly, no, but no, I no, reckon no. that would be a part of it. It would have to be the only reason because they know Alex Pierce inside and out. They know Andy Brayshaw inside and out. They know the, what the players think of both mm, of these guys mm. inside and out. Mm. So they know who's going to be the best leader. But, again, maybe they're going down the path of we want our best leader on the park week in, week out. If Alex Pierce, who overcame some long-term injuries and and regular injuries mm. to have a fantastic season last year, I think, what, he missed one? Mm. Had a good year. Um, if he's completely over that and good to go, then I think it's Alex Pierce. But you're right. If there is some doubt whether he is going to be able to sustain a 20 Two, twenty-three, maybe hopefully for Fremantle support a twenty-six week season, then maybe they do go for the younger, fitter model. Yeah, we're going to find out. There seems to be, a, you know, a, a real push for Alex Pierce, and, and rightfully so. And I'm not saying he's going to be a bad captain, but for me, I would give it to Andrew Brayshaw. I just think the package is there for Andrew Brayshaw. I think oh, it's, it's a great, beauty. There's no doubt about it. Great for the footy club. He will be captain. At some, if it's not this year, he'll be captain in the future. There's Nathan no Van Burlo, Nathan Sobey, GSV Becker will be talking all things cricket uh, on the text. You know Daniel Rich well, Goss. Can he be Brisbane captain? No, he's too old. He's got one one year to go. One or one or maybe two at the very. <clears throat> Looks after himself very well, Dan. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dan's one of those players who is a leader on the field, no doubt about it, uh, whether he's captain material or even even remotely interested in that yeah. sort of stuff because he's not a, no. an attention sort of fellow. He doesn't want to do heaps of media, and he always comes on for us, luckily. Do you know but, him? Um, yep. Uh, he was uncle of them? No. What are you? What are you? <laughs> Godfather? Uncle Ease, Godfather? mate. He was Godfather? No, oh, no second or third cousin somewhere along the oh, lines. Yeah. Okay, so not really related. Yeah, no, no, he's... His mum is uh, related to my side of the family somewhere, but unfortunately, and in and tricky si- interviews, and in tricky situations, his dad is related to <laughs> Naomi's side of the family. Okay, it's it's all very it, tense, it, mate. It, caused, <laughs> it, it did cause some consternation there for a while. We had to check the family tree. We're only about fifteen years into our marriage. Eighteen past six, Scotty and Goss. Uh, so, what are your thoughts, Frio fans? I mean, don't just say who you think should be captain. D- d- can you see an argument? I'd love to hear your voice on the radio. Thirteen twelve fifty five. You're a Dockers fan. Give us a call, 13 1255, Toolkit Depot, open line, put that number in your phone. I will also want to say this. For the last few days, I've been driving around in the in my uh, fleet network vehicle. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's the radio I'm using, but I'm telling you, 657 AM. Oh, it's on. It's up and about. <laughs> What's happened? It's good. What's happened to oh, 657? I don't know. Now, they I know they when put you go... an extra little mouse in the wheel to spin it. Uh, see, so when you go through the tunnel... Oh, well, nothing works. <laughs> I mean, cockroaches die in the tunnel. So, and then when you go on a railway line or along the freeway, it 
crackles, but so does my, sorry, every other radio station. But 657 AM, I don't know whether it's Ellie, who is the mastermind S. Good, she's very good at it. I don't know what she's done out there at the, uh, at the uh, site, but 657, so if you're not on the app, 657 AM, if you're in your car, you can drive around and have a listen. Yeah. Put it in your radio, put it in your car, 657 AM, it is crystal clear, and you get breakfast, duff, the run home and Peter Vlahos Sports Day. So you get all those. And there's racing SEN track all the way through it. And there's, if you don't like the racing, that's fine. Go back to the app, whatever you want to do. It is SEN track 657 mm. AM. If you want to get breakfast, duff, the run home and sports day, that is where you go, 657 AM. Let's get a breakaway and come back. On this day, I will say. Oh, tell me it's good. Just shy of the podium. Oh. Yeah. Might even be top wow. five. Yeah, thank oh, you. Hang on a sec. Your podium or mine? Is there going to be? Is there lots of stuff from the fifties and sixties? A little bit. No one starts knows. early. Righty. <laughs> this is Scotty Ingalls. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au. Right around Western Australia. Thanks to Ryan who just texted us, hey, you're actually not on 657 at the moment. They've got racing on. Uh, so that is an error by someone who's uh, switched over. But we are on the app, so uh, thanks to everyone who is letting us know that we are coming through crystal clear. Mike's uh, given us a call on the phone line. Thank you very, very much, Mike. You want to talk about the captaincy? Uh, hey, boys, how are you? Yeah. Um, we got the captaincy, so I think that Andy Brayshaw uh, and Sarong as well. Yeah, but- joint captains. Uh, Alex Pierce was awesome last year. And hats off, to, hats off to him, but if he gets injured as well, you know, it's always best going the younger model. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you, Mike, you'd be happy with co-captains in Brayshaw, Sarong, co-captains is your call? Uh, absolutely. Good on you, Mike. There it is. So do you agree with Mike? Give us a call, uh, 13 12 55 or 0487 736 736. Time to do this. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. It certainly is, and today is the 22nd of February. Happy birthday. We're celebrating a birthday. I really wanted to have a crack at Shrove Pancake. Shrove Day yesterday. Norman Hurricane Smith was born on this day in 1923. And I know that I could make you love me too. What is, bad that? Start. what is that? You said podium. Yeah, well, just bad start. He's a record producer, and that was his song. Um, anyway, he was a producer. He was involved in the Beatles, too, uh, in, up until 1965. Yeah. Hey, you reckon that's bad? Have a listen to this one. <laughs> Here's Guy Mitchell. Yes, I've got heartaches by the number But the day that I stop counting, that's the day my world will end. Wow. Born Alcernic, 1927. Oversold. It'll want to come home strong. Yeah, no, I've got to improve. Uh, Nicky Lauder was born on this day, 1949, Formula One superstar. He passed away age 70 in 2019. Nicky Lauder trying, trying, trying to get up ahead and into the point and to preserve his chance of getting the world championship. There he is. Nicky Lauder passing Johansson. And now Alvareto. And Lauder had taken Alvareto. He's got the line. And yes, indeed. Lauder is up into third place. Three-time world champion.
champion Nicky Lauda sadly lost his life in 2019, was burnt tragically in a massive, massive car crash as well. Oh. Hey, Sandy Roberts was born on this date. Okay. Legendary Sandy. Okay. Yeah, great man. Famous for many great footy calls, including the Eagles of 1992. Sandy Roberts, born in Adelaide, South Australia, in 1950, now retired. Did a bit Cracking of work on bloke. SEN as Great well. That Matera sets sail for Hove, that's just iconic. Yeah, well, so is this. When he was standing on the trackside during oh, no. the racing carnival, oh, you're not. he was going to interview Miss Australia. Have a listen to this. We're still uh, land talking, land, I should say, and land. It's going to be very interesting <laughs> to uh, look at the stage now. That is, Sandy. Okay. Sandy. That is, uh, anyway. that is very Moment. He made a small mistake right there. Hey, <laughs> Nigel Planer was born on this day. I wonder what he's doing now. He's oh, an English comic hang on. actor. Yeah, keep going. Best known for? It's Neil. He's the hippie, the young ones from the 80s. Neil. I bought this cassette. Oh, no. <laughs> What's happening? from the young ones. Uh, mate, that was a great cassette. Steve Irwin was born on this day in 1962. Got the spinnaker up now, haven't you? You're coming home strong. The African cheetah. A big cat who can sprint after their prey at an amazing 70 miles an hour. He was born in 1962. He died. Remember, when, yeah. Where were you when he died? Um... I remember, I remember, I remember seeing it straight away. In, I was in Melbourne somewhere. Seventeen years ago. Yeah. Seventeen years ago, I was driving, cool, and was Gary it? Shannon was on radio <laughs> and six PR right, doing so afternoons. That's, so he died somewhere in between nineteen sixty and two thousand and ten. <laughs> He was born on this day, 1962. He uh, was great. He was one of those ones that you get, you, as soon as you hear the news, you're bringing people, texting people going, did you hear this? Yeah, this tragic. Is rotten news. James Blunt's 49 today. Oh. You're beautiful. Five eight days. I can't trust him, but um, go and find singer. Someone bagged him. Oh, he's very good on Twitter. He's very good. Strong. A lot, a lot of critics of him on Twitter, and he used to always say, "They said, Gee, James Bond's got the worst voice." He goes, "Yes, I agree with you." But every time I go to the to the teller and check out my bank statement, imagine if I had a good voice, how much I'd be getting paid. Nice uh, he work. Was, he was good there. Nice work by you. Uh, and we're going to leave it with this because we've got the news and it's running on time. Of course, uh, on this day.
Shane Warne had to come out and admit guilt and, well, he mentioned that his mum was involved. I can confirm that the fluid tablet I took before appearing to announce my retirement from one-day cricket was given to me by my mum. Contrary to speculation, saying it had nothing to do with the treatment for my shoulder injury or for masking any banned substance. That's Shane Warne, who was banned from playing cricket until February 2004. That took place in 2003. McCafe Ice Coffee, coffee print for an Aussie. Let's get some news. Nathan Van Burlo, Nathan Sobey will go to India and talk cricket. Your calls, your texts, and who should be captain of Fremantle? Pierce or Brayshaw? Celebrating that's Florence Ballard. She was an original singer in The Supreme. She died on this day in 1976. She was famous. Like she was, they had all their hits. Florence Ballard. She was like the Queen Supreme, and she had like a pizza. (laughs) 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 She had a big Cadillac and a golden Fleetwood, and she she died with nothing. It's sad when people who make a lot of money. And do really well, actually die you, with nothing. You find a lot of people in the music industry seem to make a lot of other people a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it right, Not don't themselves. you? Themselves. Uh, Roy texted in the true story. I was in a kebab shop in Broadway Centre when Steve Irwin passed yeah. away. Yeah, it's 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 one. It was one of those moments. Certainly was. Henry from, Henry from Bigton has texted in regards to the Fremantle Lockers uh, captaincy. He said, 100%, the longer you get, you let this go, the more it looks like you've got less faith in your choice. That's mm-hmm. the feeling I get. And I know the club's not going to say that and they've got a process. But we're three weeks from the – just over three weeks from the season starting. You don't have to give Alex Pierce the opportunity to captain a match simulation to see whether he can captain, I, you don't have to do for Andrew Brayshaw. It just doesn't make sense. The only thing it could possibly be is to see if he gets through unscathed. That has to be because they know Alex Pierce, they know Brayshaw, they know Sarong, they know them all. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't they make know sense. who should be leader. We've got a poll up on Twitter at SCNWA Breakfast. You oh, can vote oh, there. I love a poll. Alex Pierce, Andrew Good. Brayshaw. <laughs> Isolate that. Don't. And Caleb Sarong. You didn't have to touch it. Yeah, I'm just. Oh. Well, you got to. <laughs> Oh, dear. Hey, we are back oh, on 657 AM. We so, are. So I wanted to, can I put, put a test case out there? People out there who are listening <laughs> right now, if you're listening on the app, but you're, you're in your car or you've got access, I want you to turn over to 657 AM and tell me you don't reckon that's improved. And if you text us in, 0487736736, we'll put your responses on as long as they're positive. All right, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> Sports update time. Here's Christopher Furness. Mm. Thank you. Sydney has announced that Callum Mills, Dan Rampey and Luke Parker will lead the sides as uh, side See, as they couldn't decide who's captain. Just give them <laughs> <Yeah>. three blokes. <laughs> they keep getting uh, referred to by every single club around the place, don't they? Oh, we thought of co-captains. You look at the success of Sydney. They've been great since 2005 with co-captains. They've done it again. Uh, you mentioned Zach Merritt. He's been appointed captain. And uh, Took Miller, speaking of captains, he's going to miss the Gold Coast Suns' two practice matches after suffering a mild hamstring injury. Mm but uh, is expected to be available for round one, which is his, good news, some hamstring his birth, awareness. His birthday today, too. It he is. didn't quite make it onto the list of on this day, but happy birthday, Took. Some people putting him as a Brownlow favourite. 
for 2023. He's a very good player. David Warner will leave Australia's tour of India after suffering a concussion and a fractured elbow in the second test. WA on fire against Tasmania. Pretty tricky wicket, but they finished... uh, Three for 300. Josh Inglis made 116, which is great to see. Yeah. And how about this? The Champions League overnight. Liverpool went 2-0 up against Real Madrid before conceding five. They lost 5-2. It was an absolute demolition at the hands of Real Madrid. Morning, boys. Paul from Wellard. Thank you, Chris. Uh, morning, boys. Welcome. Seems wild that this is such a big thing for you guys. Brisbane and the Cats still haven't named their captain. Yeah, but Brisbane... Well, good time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good point he makes, but 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 maybe they. I don't think there's an obvious choice of those two clubs. I think there's an obvious. Brisbane, I think there is a Brisbane. You think Lockie Neal is just a given? Well, I think he should be a given, if for sure. Yeah, but do you think he is? Yeah, I think he'll be captain. So Fremantle, so Fremantle. Geelong was the interesting one. Oh, it's pretty hard to replace him. Yeah, because they could go down the Patrick Dangerfield line or Tom Stewart. Yeah, interesting. Tom Hawke. No chance. Absolutely no hope. Well, you've got this thing about Tom Hawkins. There's no chance Tom Hawkins is going to be captain of that football club. No, mate. Put your money where your mouth is. 0487736736. Give us a call, 131255. Our phones have been ringing off Can the I hook. Bet on this it? is fantastic. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. A break. Nathan Sobey's going to join us, but keep your calls coming. We want to know, have you switched over to 657am and tell us what you think of the quality of the um, of, of the radio dial and people are, are calling in. Hopefully the boys can get to those phone calls next. This is Scotty Ingalls. <laughs> If you want to give us a call on the Toolkit Depot open line or text 0487736736, uh, Scotty, who's a very, very avid listener, said, yep, 657 is much better. Oh, yes, Scotty, thank you. That's uh, good to hear. Yes, they have been working hard on the signal. Let's go down to Denmark, way in the state south. Good mate of ours, Westy from Denmark, is online. Wants to talk about the Fremantle Dockers. G'day, Westy. Hey, guys. Hey, Scotty. How are you, boys? We are great, mate. What are you up to? <laughs> Oh, I'm getting ready to drive there today, actually. So, uh, yeah, so I'm up early. As a result, I'm, I'm ringing in. Good man. Know? So do I get an extra <laughs> extra yeah. ticket for no, Lotto? No, 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 no. Well? No, you do. You get jack squat nothing. Oh. Oh, well, it'll be, on, it'll be on tomorrow, though, Westy. You'd imagine it'll be on tomorrow, Goss Lotto, wouldn't it? Yeah, $20, 20 million. 20 bricks? Yep, yep. There'll be no more oh, driving the header for you, Westy. <laughs> Mate, I've got plenty of money. I don't need it. I'll just ring in for something to do. <laughs> what do you got for us, mate? Hey, uh, boys, has Frio come out and said Sarong isn't a contender, or are you just making that up? Nah, well, no, they haven't. They haven't said They haven't said anything. Um, I, I think yeah. and in this conversation, you're right, we've probably... I think I've mentioned him once. We've left him out. We're, Goss and I are going down the Pierce and Brayshaw. He's not going to be angle. captain ahead of Andrew Brayshaw. No, I don't think so. Is you know it? Think so? No, I know so. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, he'd be my man just out of interest. I'd be, I'd be, he'd be, he'd be getting my vote. Why is that? Why would you? Why would you go Caleb Sarong over Pierce or Brayshaw, Westy? Well, because if you're talking about guys that get their hands dirty, mm. i.e. Selwood, uh, I think he's uh, probably the the guy that does that more than any of them. And I'm not saying Brayshaw and Pierce don't. And mm. I mean, I mean, Pierce is good. But I think I reckon Freo heard when we gave the captaincy to Monday, trying to protect five. So I think pass yep. the baton over to the next to the next um, 
you know, generation. And my man is Carlos Sarong for the reason I just said. It's you know? a good call. It's a good call, your mate, Westy. And thank you for calling. Is Westy down in Denmark? One of our avid listeners has been with us right from the very start and has been in the studio several times to perform. But interesting, he talks about... Um, perform? He's a guitarist. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's got his own community. <laughs> <laughs> was, you, was you playing air guitar last year, last week? <laughs> when you wish you to dial in and play one over the over the lines for us. Or... Yeah, he does. He does his own community radio down there, which is fantastic as well. Uh, just, just uh, briefly, David Mundy did that for one year. To be honest, probably should have been. It would have been a very good captain if they left him with him. Because how good was he towards the end? Mm. Anyway, uh, let's talk hoops. On this Wednesday morning, now, Scotty, we know we have a heart in the Wildcats camp, of course, and they've ended disappointingly. And we don't yeah. care about Sydney and we don't care about New Zealand, but we do care about the Boomers. Absolutely. Now we're back interested again. Yeah, all of a sudden. And one man who's part of that Boomers World Cup qualifying team, which is taking place over there in Victoria, is Nathan Sobey from the Brisbane Bullets. Appreciate your time, Nathan. This gives you something to strive for after probably a frustrating year with the Bullets. Morning, fellas. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's definitely something to get excited for. Love coming into this environment and uh, getting amongst it with the lads. And uh, yeah, it should be a great week. Okay. Now, when was the last time you sat down and watched Bahrain or Kazakhstan play in <laughs> basketball? And I know you've been asked this question a thousand times, and I've even heard Dean Vickerman, your coach, talk about it. He keeps telling they keep, they keep saying, "Well, they could be dangerous. They've done this. Mm, they've done that." Don't take them lightly. Yeah. <laughs> so, come on, Nate. Be <laughs> honest with us. What do you know about them? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm starting to learn a lot more about them uh, as we've been training the last couple of days and watching some film and stuff. But, um, yeah, I've played against um, one of the teams before as well um, in the, one of the previous windows. So I've had a little bit to do with um, that sort of side of it. But, um, yeah, they're a different team from then. But, um, like you've just heard, they, it, they have done some things and, and these windows are very important for us. There's not a lot of time to really gel as a unit, Nathan. Is that the is that probably the biggest challenge for the Boomers right now? You get together on uh, on Sunday, I think it was, start of training Monday, and then you've got games in a couple of days. Is that the biggest challenge to find all these guys coming together and, and gelling and, and knowing the game plans and knowing the you know the style of each other? Yeah, I mean it is a it is a quite a, a big challenge, but at the same time I think we do a great job when uh we have these windows the group really the groups usually come together very well and very quickly. Um we usually have the week uh leading up to practice which is um which helps getting to know everyone and uh we spend a lot of time getting to know each other both on and off the court during that um little week before the games. Nathan Sobey, of course, from the Brisbane Bullets and part of the Boomers squad ahead of the games, which are tomorrow, uh, of course, against Bahrain and then on Sunday against Kazakhstan. Now, not wanting to be disrespectful, but Reese Vague, a former Perth Wildcat who couldn't get on the court for the Wildcats, now doing good things up in Japan. All of a sudden, he finds himself in the Boomers squad. This is the opportunity that games like this do to play for your country, and we can see the development of a player like Reese Vague, and there's a couple of others as well. That That's part of the excitement in regards to these uh, next couple of games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Reese is playing some good basketball in Japan, and uh, he's played in some windows before, and uh, he's definitely developing um, as a player, and... Um, yeah, I mean, these windows, uh, uh, everyone's excited to get the opportunity to play for Australia. And like you said, it gives uh, people a, a, that that chance to show showcase their talents. Well, I've got to say, after a long season, you know, it's easy to be 
tired and fatigued and, and not um, at 100%, Nathan, but... Going to say on a positive note, Mitch Norton and Toddy Blanchfield from the Wildcats are both in the both in the Boomer squad, and well, after John really changed his roster a little bit, uh, I'd expect those two to be fairly fresh. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was just having a coffee with both of them actually, and um, yeah, they're really keen for the games, and um, they've been training real hard all week, and um, uh, they're doing really well. Looking forward to seeing what they can do. Don't forget, for all your latest updates in regards to the Boomers, make sure you follow Basketball Australia on social media. That's at Basketball Oz A-U-S. Uh, no, just a quick one. Um, the wash-up from the Brisbane Bullet season, frustrating, a lot of injuries, a lot of issues, coaching issues, back of uh, off-the-court issues. Justin Shuler has been named as your head coach for the next couple of seasons. Are you happy with that appointment, mate? Yeah, I mean, I think Justin's going to be great for the group. I think he brings a connection from junior Australian junior programs um, and then also having success with Melbourne United as well. So I think he's going to be uh, great to have on board and, and get us in the right direction. That was frustrating for the team, but uh, not too bad for you, mate, winning uh, the Leroy Loggins MVP award for, uh, for the Bullets uh, this season. Well done to you, mate. No, thank you. Yeah, it was a frustrating year for sure. We thought we had we had bigger expectations with the group we had put together, but um, sometimes that doesn't work out. And um, yeah, things didn't go our way uh, in a few areas, but we'll learn from it and we'll be better moving forward. Contrary to what uh, I think it was our man Andrew Gaze might have said, uh, Goss, Leroy Loggins uh, might have... Did he have him at number one? I think Leroy Loggins, I mean, it's a great award to win. I think uh, Derek Rucker might have had him at number Derek one. Derek Rucker had him at one, yeah. So it's a great award to win the Leroy Loggins MVP, but he is the second best import. Uh, third. Third, third best yeah. import Australia's ever Cotton, Cotton Grace I was waiting for Loggins. it. I was waiting for Cotton it. Cotton Grace Loggins. You knew it was coming, mate. Cotton Grace Loggins, <laughs> nah, Nathan. I just didn't know when it was going to come up. I, just, I knew it was happening. <laughs> hey, Sobes, we, uh, we don't like the Sydney Kings and they don't like us. They don't like me. Oh, you. Paul you. Smith, Andrew Bogut, oh. all those blokes, you know, they're all oh, piling there's in. A, there's been a Twitter feud. Yeah, Sobes. well, Sobes would know about it. It'd be across all this. Mate, seriously, uh, who do you hope wins the, um, the the best of five final? Are you in the Sydney Kings camp because they're Australian or are you in the New Zealand camp because... They're not the Sydney Kings. They're not the Sydney Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I'm not really uh, going for anyone. Uh, at the same time, like I just want to, like you'll see some good basketball over the course of these five, like the best of five series. Um, the two teams that everyone kind of thought were uh, the better teams, mm. probably halfway through the season. So they're, they're probably they're definitely well deserving to be in there. But um, yeah, I can't say I'm going for one team over the other. Oh, He's very professional. I can give you some sort of prediction, though, if you want. Yes, yeah. please. Oh, yes sure. please, Nathan. Yes, sure. please. Yes, please, Nathan. No, I think I'm going to roll with New Zealand winning in uh, winning it all, though. Oh, that's all we need to hear, Nathan. Yep, that's perfect. So you sat on the fence there, but you couldn't help yourself. So <laughs> 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 uh, great, uh, good stuff. Hey, mate, looking forward to the next couple of days. It really is. It's a great opportunity to see some of a uh, young Marshall and Greeter. Of course, they're just names that uh, are coming through the NBL. And yourself have been around, and you're sort of going to be at the mainstay. And we're looking forward to seeing Nick Kay because he brings that real power. Uh, that European, of course, he's been over there. Well, he's been playing in Japan, but he's done the. Euro European circuit as well. We're looking forward to seeing what he can do with a, with a bit of a Perth flavour as well. Yeah, absolutely. Nick's a great one. Um, he's always fun to play with. Um, he's a workhorse, does all the little things and uh, he's someone you definitely want on your team.
We like you too, Nathan, except when you're playing yeah. for the Bullets because you get in the way of the Perth Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, you're a real nuisance. You're a nuisance to our success. <laughs> <laughs> you won those two games that, the, that ruined the whole Wildcats season when you beat them twice during the year, mate. There's something about you and Perth. Yeah. Did you know that was coming as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. But, um, no, nah, yeah, we definitely we, we played a couple of good games against Perth. Um, we didn't play a lot of good games this year, but... Um, yeah, there was a couple there that we played decent um, against you guys. So, Good stuff. Hey, mate, State Basketball Centre over there in Wonturna South, of course, the, the home of the Boomers, they oh, like to call yeah, it. Yeah, they'll get about 2,000 into Well, it doesn't matter. They'll make some noise. Don't worry about that. No, no team in the NBL finals from Melbourne, mate. They'll be champing at the bit to get a piece of this action. Bahrain and Kazakhstan tomorrow and Sunday. Appreciate your time, Sobes, and all the very best. No worries. Thanks for having me. He's Cheers. a good man. Nathan Sobey from the Brisbane Bullets. But boy, oh boy, does he grind he, my gears. Because he's good. Yeah, That's I know. he's good. Well, I know. But does, I don't want him to be good yeah, in, well, against us. He's been good for a long, long time. Yeah, too long. He should come play for Perth. Uh, this is good in red. Yeah, he would. Scotty and Goss. South Australian flavour here in WA on Friday when Port Adelaide take on West Coast and Fremantle, of course, take on the Adelaide Crows. And we've been kind enough to be joined by Nathan Van Burlow from the Crows Football Club, one of the senior assistant coaches and a man we know so well in the West. Uh, trip back home to see the family, uh, Nath. Appreciate your time. Yes, gosh, it's, um, it's exciting to be coming back to Perth. So, um yeah, I know the boys, uh, the rest of the squad are looking forward to getting over too, but um, for me and Shane McAdam, it's a, it's a good chance to get back and connect with some family as well. So, good time of year. My brother just had a baby boy last week, so I get to meet my little nephew as well. So, pretty exciting time. Uh, good stuff, mate. Well, then now get the coach's hat on. I mean, pre-season training, you can train against yourself. You can do match simulation. And oh, so they still call these games, of course, against opposition almost match sim as well. But it starts to really... Up the ante, don't we? We sort of put the foot on the pedal now at, at the footy clubs as we start to focus on the season 2023. Yeah, it's um, look. I mean, every team at the moment is hanging out to play some some different opposition. It's sort of um, you know week on week you you're playing against yourselves, and uh, it, it's really often hard to get a real gauge of a where you're at uh, and where where you're. You know, individuals within your squad are at. So it's a great chance for us to to get away for. I think nine or ten days we're in WA and we obviously play free on West Coast and it's a good chance for us to see where um, our chemistry's at, where a lot of our guys are at form-wise because we've got um, a lot of you know, spots up for grabs heading into round one. Pre-season camp almost, isn't it? I mean, really, for the group. So how many players come across? Do you come over in allotments or do they come across as big one lump sum? How are you doing it at the Adelaide Football Club? Yeah, look, we um, we are coming away pretty much as the one group. I think there's a couple of players. I know um, Tex is coming over mid-next week. There's a few guys that will come and go, but I think for the most part there's, I'm going to say, around 90 in our travelling party, wow. including all trainers, staff, etc., and players. So a whole squad is coming. Uh, we may require a couple of our um, development SNFL players to, to come over if we need to make up some numbers for... Um, our secondary games, but um, yeah, it's a whole squad getting away. So we see it as a, not only is a great chance to, to play some opposition teams, but a, a good chance for us to, to get away and uh, 
spend some time together. Big decision. You've changed with your captain. You've gone with Jordan Dawson. What about that process? I mean, and every club does it slightly different. Player vote, then the football department tick off, and then the board does it. How does the Adelaide Crows uh, do their captaincy vote? And um, was it, I mean, clearly it was unanimous, otherwise he wouldn't have the gig, but it was a yeah. surprise to many. Yeah, look, I can understand that from afar, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, first and foremost, the, the club were really uh, um, having having common conversations with Rory Sloan for for a fair period of time now, and um, the ball was left in Sloan's court in regards to what he wanted to do moving forward. And I know he's sort of, at times, under and art over it, um, but we know Rory's coming back from a, a serious ACL injury this year. And, um, you know, he was... He was really comfortable with his decision in the end uh, and knowing full well that, that Geordie Dawson um, really wanted the job. Uh, he had the full support, as you said, from the playing group uh, and staff alike. So uh, it was really comfortable for Sloney to step away. And I think since then, he's even seen the last couple of weeks, just Geordie just put his own stamp on a couple of things. And, um, you know, people from a farm might sit there and think that Geordie's only been here for, for 12 months. How does he step into a such a big role as a skipper? But, um, you know, Prior to that, he'd spent six years at Sydney. Uh, at, you know, we all know what sort of a great culture Sydney has as a footy club, and and Dorse was was part of their emerging leaders there, and, and comes in, and within 12 months, he's had a huge impact on field uh, and his connection off field with the group. So exciting times for for Jordan to lead the club forward and um, just seeing what he's like and knowing him as a person I know he's going to do a great job for the footy club One name that everyone's been speaking about in regards to uh, leaving and joining a new club is Isaac Rankin of course he kicked five goals in that intro last Friday a bit of mid stuff I mean I think there's a bit of magic with him that he's sort of like almost I look at him almost and I see this guy every week is Liam Ryan where Probably a lot of people thought he was an inside 50, forward 50 player, forward pocket, take a big mark, kick a magical goal, but but has some tricks and enough tricks to, to go up through the midfield. Are we looking to see more of him up the ground, albeit that he's going to be a key in regards to kicking goals for you? Yeah, look, he um, he definitely will be in and around the ball uh, a lot more than what he had been at, at the Gold Coast Suns. It was sort of something that he really wanted to do coming to, to our footy club. Uh, and he spent the whole summer training with... Uh, the midfield group, and he spent time forward as well, obviously learning the craft and the, the systems that we have ahead of the ball. Um, but he's got a skill set, and um, I guess just more or less his polish around the footy when he gets the ball in hand and his cleanliness at ground level makes him um, a weapon that we want to have up and around the footy. So, um, you know, we'll no doubt showcase hopefully a bit of that on, on Friday where we can see the likes of Rankin and, and Josh Rochelle, who played a lot forward last year in and around the footy a bit more for us, which we hope gives us a bit more of a different dynamic um, because, yeah, we, we feel like we need that around the footy um, based on our last couple of seasons. So uh, we did that a bit last week and looking to try and build that heading into round one. So you've got two games over here against Fremantle, of course, on Friday, and then you play when then you've got West Coast. What do you what are you trying to do? What are footy clubs all trying to do with the season inside a month away? Do you expose changes do you have to expose the changes because you've got to put them into game situations if you've made some subtle changes to your style of play and, and, and your personnel? I mean, what what are clubs actually going to be doing over the next two weeks? Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's largely that. It's where, you know, every club's made some tinkering to their game plans and gone, OK, well, let's just see how that holds up against uh, different opposition and whether we need to make some slight tweaks heading into, heading into round one. Um and on top of that, you also want to build some chemistry within your playing group. So, um, obviously, that means 
guys like Isaac Rank and Joshua Shelley haven't played a lot of footy together. It's a matter of can we get minutes on ground with them together so they build this this cohesion amongst the group and connection that, that we know is so important come game day. And then there's guys that we're not sure of you know, our best 22 at the moment. As I said, we've got a lot of spots up for grabs heading into round one. So it's, a, it's an opportunity for guys to, to show their wares and show where they're at and, uh, and put their best foot forward for round one. So but every club have been in a very similar position. Um, and two games um, is, is just enough. Um, we probably need all the time we can get heading into round one. So it's going to be um, you know, a, a, a really important uh, 10 days that we've got away in Perth. Um, Michelani, Dowling and Bond are the three you picked up in the draft, of course, 17, 43 and 50. You didn't have a real good purchase on the draft, of course, but your rookie drafted McPherson got relisted. And Paul Seedsman, who everyone knows the value of Paul Seedsman, but he has, has had that wretched uh, moment with the with the concussion. Where are they all at? Are we going to get – do we see all of those in the trip to WA? Will they all get some field time? Um, so the – with Paul Seeds and Andy McPherson, though, we won't see them. They're um, obviously uh, Paul's on the active list, um, still uh, recovering his concussion, as you mentioned, and Andy McPherson's making his way back from a knee injury. And, look, we might get some minutes out of our draft day, boys. Um, our early, earliest pick was Max Michael, and he's a father-son selection that we had, and we've been really pleased with Max's development uh, out on ground. He, uh, he played some senior footy in the sand for last year for, for Norwood uh, in their final series, so... Uh, we're expecting that, I dare say, throughout the year, whether it be early on or later in the pace, that he'll definitely um, provide some, some spark for us in the back line. Um, and as you mentioned, Billy Dowling and, and Hugh Bond, uh, they're still building their games as, as young draftees, but there's no reason why they won't get uh, won't get some minutes in the, in the coming weeks. I mean, I think this Friday is the six quarters yep. that we play, so that'll mean that both squads end up playing majority of their list, I'd imagine, over that, uh, over that six quarters to get a look at everyone. If there can be thing, a thing called six quarters, I'm not exactly sure you can call it six quarters. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> Whatever they are. Six, 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 six. <laughs> hey, last couple for you. Nathan Van Burlow, assistant coach with Adelaide Crows, our guest on Breakfast with Scotty and Goss. Um, Riley Thilthorpe came with a bang, kicked five on debut against Hawthorne uh, back in 2021. Had some moments, had a good patch through that sort of first season. Where is he at? And what, are we ex- what are the expectations there for him in regards to uh, 20? 2023. Yeah, look, he, he did burst on the scene, didn't he? And we were, uh, you know, we we're very excited for, for Riley. And we've seen we've seen him over the last couple of years really begin to grow his game. Um, it probably was a false, uh, I guess, not false positive, but it was sort of just a burst onto the scene and kicking five goals. And it's, you know, Josh Rochelle did the same in his first game last year yeah. for, for the footy club. And it's like, you can't expect to do that every week, young fella, but um, try and understand what makes your game work and, and what sort of player we want you to be um, and Riley's only 20 years old now he's 200 odd centimetres and he's, a, he's an absolute weapon the way that he moves around the ground so uh, look, we've been growing his game um, from a you know, contested marking sense he spent more time in the ruck this pre-season and so we're hoping that that, that additional I guess craft to his game and, and a couple of strings to his bow might help free him up at times and give him a chance just to release that, that talent that we know he's got because um, he's certainly going to be a long term an important player for us, hopefully for the next decade to come. I know it's a tough one, and you've got to be careful when you're an assistant coach. Give me a breakout player. Give me a player that might have been in the system for a little while that you've got expectations to uh, have a big year in 2023. Oh, OK. I, um, <laughs> probably two I'll two name for you, Tim. I'll, uh, Wayne Miller is one that's been in the system for a fair while for us, um, and he's one that's had um, you know a really rough run with injury, and uh, we 
played a majority of his footy last year ahead of the ball. He's playing in defence this, this pre-season for us and just has helped shore up our defence and help with some ball movement out of our back half. So he's one that, as a senior player in our group now, um, I've loved what I've seen from him throughout the summer. Um, you can speak about Rory Sloan as well. Coming back from ACL, he seems like he's in really good touch. But from a young kid point of view, um, uh, one of my favourites is Jakey Saligo. We picked him up um, 18 months ago now, and he played a, uh, probably a dozen or so games last year uh, for us at senior level and, and showed his wares. And um, look, he just continues to grow, and uh, he'll be really important for us through that midfield forward mix. Uh, for this year to come and many more, we hope. So the likes of him and, and Joshua Shelley, while they've only been here for for 12 months or, or one year of footy, um, we've seen them uh, going to have a really positive impact for us very soon. Apart from the odd exception of experienced players, you're a, you're a young list. Everyone's expecting, again, probably not a tough year, but a, probably a tough in regards to wins and losses year for the Adelaide Crows. Last one for you, Nath. What is the, what is the expectation inside the group? Obviously, you want to keep developing and keep building for the yeah. future. You're probably not looking at a flag. You, you know, if you could win your 10 games, you'd probably count that as a success. What, what internally that you can share externally is the goal for the footy club? Yeah. We we want to keep growing our game, Tim, and that's and and we firmly believe that if we if we play to our best and we we stay fit and healthy and we give ourselves the best chance, there's no reason why we can't compete with the best sides in the comp and and put ourselves up and around that finals contention. Um, you know, last last couple of years we've lost a number of games by two goals or less. That have we won those, we put ourselves in a completely different predicament. I mean, you look at Collingwood last year, for example, but. Um, what we've been building in our game the last couple of years is you know, our want and ability to stay in the fight uh, and be really hard to play against. So we're hoping that that you know, underpins our game and that we can now add a bit of polish to our game that hopefully you know, um, gets us more of those positive results uh, and the confidence in the group grows. And then you just never know. So um, we're about trying to build that confidence, that cohesion in our group, and, and hopefully this, this next couple of weeks is going to be you know, the start of something for us. Looking forward to it. Adelaide Crows in Perth for uh, just uh, about 10 days. So can't wait to see what they can produce in 2023. Appreciate your time chatting to us on SENWA and enjoy your stint here in the West. Thanks, Tim. Out there, I know Toby Anscombe, who's my nephew. He'd be absolutely champing at the bit for the Adelaide Crows. He's a big fan of Nathan Van Burlow. Would have been listening to that interview, Scotty. And they come off at 32 points last year, so they had eight wins. What are their expectations? Do you agree? Because as you would have heard then when I was talking to Nathan, their squad has that top-end veteran status. They have Crouch and, and, um, and Sloan and Walker. But for the best part, they're pretty young. They're very young. Yeah. And who they brought in? Rankin. Um, I, I can't see much improvement, to be perfectly honest. Is that honest. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. Well, it, well every, every club gets better and changes a few things. Uh, well, most clubs will get better and change a few things. Some will slide. But I think Adelaide will still be around that. 10 to 14 sort of mark. I don't think they've got higher expectations than that. And I think that's. The, I think they think that they're their rebuild, and that's what they are. They are a rebuild club right now. Well, no doubt. They are probably have they recruited well enough? Well, they, they didn't have many 
um, options in the, with their draft. They, you know, as I mentioned there to Nathan, you know, they didn't have too many great mm, Let's go through their first six weeks, guys. You've got GWS away. Yep. Probably lose, I would have thought. Richmond at home, probably lose. I think Richmond will be back in business this year. Port Adelaide in a showdown. Yep. Port should be decent. Frio at home. Um, I think Frio are a better football team than them. and They'll beat, beat them. Carlton, a bit of pressure on Carlton this year, but um, Carlton are a chance. And then they play Hawthorne, which should probably be the, the – if you're going to pick that's one out of those six. Yeah. yeah, that's in Tassie. They've got four games in Adelaide in a row. Rounds two to five, they're all in Adelaide. Yeah. So they've got to – if they're going to be – Oh, mate, if you, if you give me one of those six – She's the Hawthorne in Tassie. I'm probably going with Hawthorne too. So I'm I'm there's I'm saying zero and six. Oh wow. Wow, 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 wow. Scott. No wonder oh, Nathan didn't want oh, to do the interview with you. Yeah, well, who's who's the Do they beat GWS? Well, I'm, 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 we, Richmond? We're guessing, mate. Port? We're guessing right now, aren't we? We well, don't know. Oh, I do. Um, <laughs> who should captain the Fremantle Dockers? Hashtag Forever Frio. SENWA breakfast if you are around the place and want to get onto our poll. Uh, 36 votes so love far. Oh, love a good poll. Alex Pierce, 63.9%. Yeah, very gay people are on my team. Andrew Brayshaw, 25%. But you know what? And uh, Caleb Sarong, 11.1%. You know why they are, are voting overwhelmingly in favour of Alex Pierce? Because that's the narrative that has picked up momentum over the last two weeks. Mark Duffield's coming uh, in as thousands of done deal, mate. You can call it a narrative, but it's all it is. But but it's our people opinion. just believe. No, no. Well, they, they believe the opinions of the people that they choose to listen to. I'm gonna. And that obviously on this occasion is just not you, brother. That's okay. I can't listen to I you all say the time. One thing. If you if Adelaide SEN Adelaide had had a survey, yeah. and asked whether Jordan Dawson would be captain, he would have got two percent. Whackety-whack-whack. Whack. What do they know? So, you've, you've had your say, and you are frankly wrong. SENWA Breakfast Twitter. Who should captain the Fremantle Dockers? Or give us a call here, 13 12 55 on the Toolkit Tepo open line or temperate bedshed text line 0487736736. Hey, I've been talking to Duff, um, interesting enough, that... Um, why, why is that interesting? Well, because... There's no one else talks to him? No, because he is walks in and he just... Kid? He just makes sense, mate. Yeah. And I'd love to do breakfast with him. <laughs> well, uh, well, keep your powder dry. There'll be one network out there you haven't worked for that might pick you up at some stage. Oh, boy. Code Sport, Eliza Riley, good friend of the show, and Duff, who write for Code Sport. Yes. Uh, Eliza Riley's done an article in regards to waffle clubs and their wins and losses, and Duff is... Is in P&L wins and losses? Uh, or, yeah. Dollars and cents, yeah, yes. yeah. Profits and loss. So we can't jump in on that we, because you've got to read the article, but Duff will certainly come into the studio before his show starts at 8 o'clock, and don't be surprised if Duff doesn't come off the long run and talk about... It's a, it, is a, it is a watershed moment right now for the WA Football League to get their acting to gear. Otherwise, we are going to see the demise no, and, beca- and the competition will officially become irrelevant. And at the moment, it's got some relevancy, but it will become irrelevant if they don't watch themselves. So be listening to Duff after 8 o'clock if you're a footy fan of grassroots footy. How'd your team go? And the the run-home breakout player the toilet, aren't they? team predictions for 2023. Smiling. Mardo... So, so hang on, the breakout player or team predictions for 2023, apparently the run home, 
I, I wasn't listening. I was uh, sleeping. Um, the team prediction of the year. Marto says. It didn't start off that way, but they came on and. St <laughs> <laughs> Kilda and Hayes reckons Adelaide's going to be the breakout team. Really? So, 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 so well, Hayes, like in all seriousness, we 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 could throw some banter around, but I Hayes, with Hayes. A, Hayes a very good football judge, and he knows yeah, he, he knows what he's talking outstanding. about. Outstanding. I, I, I'd love to know what his basis of on that is. Listen to I, the show between three and five. You'll find work. it. Work, mate. There's a lot of people. I assume in the car, but I can jump on six five seven. <laughs> crystal clear. Uh, anyway, uh, Adelaide, let us know. And Marto's gone with St Kilda. Listen to the podcast. Exactly right. SENWA. Download it. Uh, and you can listen to the boys on their podcast. Mm, I'm going well. to because I need to figure out where Hayes is coming from with that one. Uh, anyway, so you've got Adelaide in the toilet? No, I've got you them have. 10 to 4. I've got them to wear 10 to 14. You've got them 0 and 6. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe, I've got them, maybe I've got them 14 to 18. <laughs> So you've got Adelaide not winning a game in the opening six rounds. Well, I, you've got they'll, Zach they'll, Merritt they'll being win a dud one. captain of Essendon. No, I didn't say you, dud captain. I just think a surprising captain. I don't. From what I watch and what I see of Zach Merritt, I'm, um, I think he's a one-way footballer. Wow, there's some hard stuff coming out of your mouth today. Whackety whack whack. Just my opinion. As a footballer, I don't know him as a bloke. He might be the, one of the world's nicest blokes. He may have worked on his captaincy. He may have gone away and, and given himself a bit of a shakedown and said, hey, I need to be better as a leader. And he I'm might gonna, produce. going to win a hardball. But that's not the point of just being a captain. There's a lot of captains that aren't have not been the head over the footy style. Really? Yeah. Ooh. You're a liar. <laughs> I'll do some sums and I'll come back to you. You come back to me with the... Of the eighteen captains, which ones don't put their head over the agate when yeah, they need you, but, to? Tim, but that's not a that's not a that's not a captaincy leadership issue. Are you serious? Your yeah. your attack on the footy and your intent at the ball and the and the Roll, body, play, mate. He gets the oh, footy, please, mate. Please, are you how though? But someone's got to receive it. Yep. Do they have to receive the little handball around the back? And Sometimes then they do, mate. Pass? And that happens in every football game. Where's Scott, come on, Scott. Where's it get you? You're just coming off the short run and you want to take the bloke out. No, 25 no, past it's not seven. not personal at all. So, well, let's tell you what, it's hit the social media. It's got very personal. No, 25 well. after seven. Give us a call. Oh, no, 13, 12, 55. Right I can guarantee you right now. I'm a massive believer in don't read the comments. I won't be on this one. 0487 736 736. Text if you wish. News just around the corner. Thanks to Fleet Network. WA's Novated Leasing Car Specialist Mark Duffield comes in after 8 o'clock mornings with Mark Duffield. We'll get to find out what he's got on his show, of course. Mm. And your calls, your text, and we'll also be chatting with GS Vivek, sports editor of ABP News in India. The third test is rapidly approaching. Lisa from Malabrook says, I'm an eagle, but I believe it's Alex Pierce to be the next captain. Your calls, your texts on the way after the news. Welcome back, Scotty and Goss. After eight o'clock, Mark Duffield with mornings. Morning. Morning. Um, Morning. You, uh, you've come in and give me some worrying news, and, and I'm not happy about it, and I feel like, you know, you've just sort of thrown some kerosene on the fire. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Can so, you give us a yeah, the so, snapshot? Um, I'm actually going to editorialise today on the Waffle Grand Final. It's going back to Optus. They're not ready to announce it yet, but it is. Um, Eliza Riley's written a really good story for Code Sports today, and it basically outlines the financial results of the Waffle Clubs Uh-oh. in 2022. Mm. 
Now, your club, Subiaco, the financial... Hey, whoa. whoa your okay. club. Wait, wait, wait. Well, come on now. Hang on. <laughs> go, go, go ahead, go ahead. In the world. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're looking for two new clubs this year, are you? A new Waffle one and a new AFL one. Um, she's written a really good piece outlining the financial results of the Waffle Clubs in 2022. Subi made a $343,000 loss. Whoa. They still have $2.4 mil in the bank, so they are still technically the richest Waffle Club, but it's not going to stay that way for very How long. do they lose that type of money? I suspect they just haven't been able to make the adjustment from the shift still after five years from shifting out of Subiaco Oval. That is horrendous. How now, beneficial was the deal at Subiaco for the Subiaco Football Club? So about five to $600,000 a year. Yeah. But it was their oval, mate. So don't come at me like they've done something <laughs> wrong. They, that was their oval. They got out. They weren't just going to walk. Also, they had to take something with them. I, I think they also... Leaderable was West Perth's oval. When Trevor Nisbet was the general manager of Subi, very smart operator, they gave him... Uh, paint some paint and a paintbrush and said, paint some seats that are yours. Correct. He painted about 200 more than they were entitled to. <laughs> they also got a lot of money from the, their club rooms when visiting clubs would come to Subi and host functions there. They did. Massive turnover. They did a really good job of corporatising yep. the deal. So yep. so that was great. Eastern Mantle is probably the big concern. So Eastern Mantle lost $320,000. Oh. And they... Is that uh, involved in their redevelopment and probably a little bit. no access to Eastern Mantle Oval for a large chunk? Yeah, playing games at the WACA. Um, that's going to continue into this year. So that's a worry for them. They don't have a lot of cash at bank. The average loss across the competition, or the average financial result was a $46,000 loss. Now, on the flip side, um, South Mantle going well, Claremont going very well. Um, Peel's a bit keep of a concern. Going, keep going. Who else is going well? Swan District's going well. My concern is West Perth because they're, they're coming from a long way back and Neil Fong and a lot of blokes, Paul Cox and all that, went into there to resurrect their financial all situation. Smart Where are they at? West Perth made $24,000. Now, where Premiership the, year. Yeah, that's uh, that bothered me. She um, made now, 24 grand at the can bar at Steel Blue on a good Saturday afternoon. It may be. <laughs> Still a few cars. It, it, it may be. Hey, that, them in. Maybe that um, <laughs> they're still trying to turn around the crisis yeah. that engulfed them yeah, a couple of years ago. But it's a it's a big story for. Waffle it is a big you. story, and I, I think they need to turn the Waffle Grand Final into something big, and it needs to be an earner. Yep, it needs to be a celebration of WA footy, and we need to start creating new revenue streams. Totally agree. Uh, t- totally agree. Hey, Duff, before you go, we put on our SENWA breakfast uh, social media. Who's your captain for female lockers? Currently 48 votes, 33% Brayshaw, 54 Pierce. So the numbers are starting to level and 12 and a half Caleb's wrong. You're in the Pierce camp. Have you wavered at all with that? No, but I am told there's strong support for Brayshaw. So who do I think it should, it should be? be I yeah. think it should be Pierce. Yep. Who do I think it will be? I'm starting to think, gee, maybe maybe they might go too. I, I'm, I'm starting to hear that they may not announce it today, which I would find... Strange. So they launched today, isn't it? Yeah, launched this morning. This morning. About to start. I would have thought they I, I oh, thought Come on, Freeman. Now, maybe maybe that's just them not wanting to let on yet that it's going to be done. But didn't Garlix tell us last week that they were going to get a go at the Within captaincy? Within the next two weeks. Go at captaincy in the pre-season games to see how they went. Well, if it's Alex Pierce, you don't need to, do you? Well, and you don't need to, Andrew Brayshaw. No, you, you don't, don't need, need to. Either. What's he going to do? Hey, boys, I've flipped the coin. We're going that way. Oh, well, good we, leadership. We, we did tell him, though, that he wasn't allowed to use the word process or play a vote or anything like that in his answer. So, yeah. Well, at uh, least he's not using he the word <laughs> content, which Andrew McDonald does every time he opens his mouth talking about cricket. Yeah, oh, don't get us started on that. <laughs> hey, so Mark Duffett in after eight. So there's a big story. There's a big story. The Subiaco Football Club, as Duff has said, and Eliza Riley's written the piece in Code Sport. Uh, make sure you subscribe. They're doing some amazing stuff on two of the best journalists. 
Sopranos in town now. Absolutely. At Code Sport. Um, let me tell you, so Subi 343. Wow, lost. that's loss. Still got plenty in the bank, but that's a worry. That's a lu- that's lucky. I mean, if most clubs that don't have that sort of bank balance no. uh, have that sort of loss, it's alarm bells. I, and I jokingly talk about Claremont. I've had a bit to do with Claremont the last couple of years. Yes, you have. And I have seen there, and you came to an event that, that was a fundraiser as well. Yes. Let me just say, the turnaround in their membership focus, they know where the money future looks. They go, they said they support their, their ageing membership. Of course they, they should go, do. But then the they go that... to the next level and rebuild and rebuild and rebuild. And also they do one thing better than I think Subi do is they actually care about their women's program and they get women into football clubs. And Wembley Amateur Football Club, who've only had a women's team for two years and won two flags in a row, the amount of turnover and interest in a footy club based on having women involved mm. is massive. I'm not saying Subi don't care about their women's program, but I think you have to be more inclusive in regards to the everyday running in the football club. I've got some work to do, and obviously to turn that around, that's an enormous loss and unsustainable for too long. No, that is not good. So there it is there. Subiaco are going to return a loss of $343,000 and some other clubs also in a spot of bottom world under Claremont, South um, Swannies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Perth had a good one, so we're on to that. Okay yeah, that's good. I think they, they on is the back there, of... I was going to say, is there something there at uh, Mineral Resources Park for them? No doubt. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's got some deep. All but good on him. Good luck to him. Hey, let's get a break. We're going to go to India. GRS Vivek, of course, is going to join us. We're going to talk uh, things cricket because it is March 1. We're just going to touch on this. We're going to touch on it because everyone's still talking about it. Oh. Short and sharp. We just want to get the lay of the land over there in India because the test doesn't start till March 1. This is Scotty and Goss for breakfast. Don't forget, Mark Duffield in After 8 with morning. It's going to be a big show. March 1 is the third test of the Border Gavaskar. No. Yeah, we're going to go through it. More pain. The Australian team have made some changes. There's a couple already on their way back. In fact, I see uh, uh, Josh Hazelwood has arrived back. Pat Cummins yeah, will return. A rec- tourist trip for uh, Josh Hazelwood. Yeah, it? didn't do anything. And Why David Warner. Him? Yeah, I don't know. He's got an Achilles injury. GS Vivek is over there, sports editor of ABP News India, good friend of the show. GS, uh, hey, Vivek, we appreciate your time. Um, what's, the, what's your view? And what's the Indians' view of the Australian team at the moment? Are they just embarrassing or simply just not very good? Um, to be honest, um, I guess we, we all are a little bit uh, surprised, we're a little bit shocked at the way um, Australia have not put up any fight in this entire series and uh, the stress matches have gone down in just two and a half days, two and a half days. So uh, we are very surprised, we are very shocked. Uh, we always felt Australia can cope up a lot better on these spin-friendly uh, conditions. And to be honest, uh, the Delhi wicket is, was not even a rank turner, so as to say. So it was low, it was slow, and it's just a sheer lack of, lack of application. And the, uh, you know, this overseriousness to start playing the sweep and the reverse sweep, uh, it's just caught all of us by surprise the way Australia has actually caved in. It, it's surprised us too, and it's upset us a little bit, GS. But when you watch the guys uh, just continually go out to sweep shots and reverse sweep shots, from an Indian point of view, knowing your wickets the way you know them, do you just go, what are they thinking? See, to be honest, uh, even uh, the current Indian team, whether it is Chetishwar Pujara, whether it is uh, uh, Virat Kohli for that matter, except for Shreyas Ayer, in the middle order and right on top, there is Rohit and uh, Rahul. 
there are not many great players of spin bowling over there in this Indian team as well. And, you know, Virat doesn't play the sweep shot. He's tried to do that in the practice. Uh, Rohit, again, is not the great... He doesn't have a great sweep shot as well. Sweep is not a shot which technically uh, a lot of Indians play, right? Um, and I'm actually surprised that uh, Australia haven't, have, haven't realized that. And they've just got sucked into this particular thing of trying to play, try to understand that the only way to uh, play on these pitches is by sweeping and reverse sweeping. It doesn't turn that much. Uh, yeah, the Nagpur wicket did break in a lot earlier than probably it would have expected. The Delhi pitch didn't. And to be honest, these are not the pitches where you play a lot of sweep shots. These are the pitches where you play a lot with the vertical bat rather than the horizontal bat. So that's something which is very surprising. And um, I guess a lot of noise was made before. I think this team didn't get help with all of noise and talk created uh, before the test match. A lot of talk about the pitch happening. I guess they just played in to all the noise and which made things very difficult for this Australian team. I guess they felt that any time the wicket will misbehave or would misbehave, which it didn't. And I guess they sucked into this particular outside noise and all this talk about, you know, rank turners and spinners and one end of the pitch being left very dry for that matter. So that's something which is really surprises and also to the fact that this Australian team is actually well known for its preparedness, for how they prepare on this particular tour. And we've been hearing this, that the Australian team has been um, preparing for this particular tour as one of the biggest tour for them. And they're actually preparing it, uh, say, about eight, nine months in advance. It's good call. You know, a lot of people have said that they didn't play a tour match over here in India, and that's a very bad call, to be honest. That was a good call to didn't, that they didn't play a tour match because... Honestly, and trust me, the, the Indian team or the setup would have given them absolutely hard batting track, and that would have been a false sense of security for this Australian team. But I thought the best way to prepare for this team would have been a one-week camp in Bangladesh rather than in Bangalore, where you would have a lot of left-arm spinners, a lot of spinners who don't flight the ball or they are slow, they are actually hard. They come at you pretty hard, they are fast, they are quick, and a good set of off-spinners in Bangladesh. That's where I thought Bangladesh would actually prepare for this Indian team and this Indian tour rather than being there in Bangalore and bowling with subpar club bowlers. So, yeah, in a way, um, we felt like uh, Australia didn't prepare actually pretty well for this particular series and also got sucked into a lot of talk before that rather than because we believe that Smith, Labushan and even Peter uh, Hanscom are much better players of spin bowling than a lot of players in that particular middle order of us. Uh, Cheteshwar Pujara, I don't know, even when the even when the Australian team was bowling, I thought they didn't realize that a lot of time test cricket in India is about playing that holding game for a particular session. I guess they always went looking for wickets rather than trying to hold the game. This entire tactic of playing when very un-Australian like when they picked three spinners and just had one fast bowler in Pat Cummins. I guess on these kind of pitches where the ball goes up and down, the short ball 
is very very effective because the batsman is not sure exactly when how much it will bounce whether it will bounce as well how, how at what pace will it come on to the batsman so they create a lot of impact a lot of uh, you know uncertainty in the minds of a batsman so i guess australian team played a lot into how Indians want them to play and I guess that was the biggest downfall for them. Jess uh, Vivek is our guest uh, sports editor of ABP News India. I've only got uh, time for one more answer Vivek because we've got our news uh, coming up. Just wanted to ask you a question. Uh, when do we see Richard Pant again? I know that um, Barat is doing a good job with the gloves but is Richard Pant going to return to playing test cricket or cricket soon after his car crash? Unfortunately, no. Um, he's in a very, very bad shape. I... Um, yeah, I've had interaction with uh, Rishabh for that matter. And just trying to find out how he's doing and how he's coping up. It's not great news on Rishabh's end. He's had a couple of surgeries on his knee and it's not in a great shape. I don't expect Rishabh to resume any form of cricket uh, for about, say, uh, seven to eight months, so as to say. And I'm just being very optimistic over here. And I, it's, it's a very hard road back to recovery for Rishabh Pant. He's got to be up for it. His knee has to be up for it more than him mm. uh, for that matter. But uh, to be honest, I'll be really surprised uh, if Rishabh Pant does make a comeback to this Indian team in about a year or so. Wow, that is uh, very sad news. Very yes. popular down here in Australia over the journey. Appreciate your time, Jesus Vivek. We'd love to chat more. A bit of out of time. We might speak to you before the actual match starts on March 1. That's Jesus Vivek, sports editor of ABP News India. Back to wrap things up. Don't forget Mark Duffield in After 8 with Mornings. Tomorrow, Wildcats coach John Riley will be live in the studio. Get your questions in. Yes. 13 12 55 04 8773 The last couple of hours sounded like this. I've watched Zach Merritt a lot. He, he just, he's just so one-dimensional. He, he'll get easy kicks. He'll get lots of the footy, no doubt about that. And he'll get his little 15, 20-metre kicks and that sort of stuff. I don't think he hurts it that much. I don't think he chases too much. I don't think he overly enjoys body contact. Fremantle fans or footy fans, which camp are you in? Brayshaw or Pierce. If Alex Pierce gets a soft tissue injury, and Brayshaw mm. won't, but if <laughs> Pierce does, yeah. take it to the bank. Andrew Brayshaw? Correct. Nathan Sobey. Leroy Loggins. I mean, it's a great award to win. So it's a great award to win the Leroy Loggins MVP, but he is the second best import. Uh, third. Third, third best import Australia's ever. Cotton, Cotton Grace. I was waiting for Logan. it. I just didn't know when it was going to come <laughs> up. I, just, I knew it was happening. <laughs> Nathan Van Burlow, one name that everyone's been speaking about of his eyes at rank. He definitely will be in and around the ball uh, a lot more than what he had been at, at the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, and he spent the whole summer training with uh, the midfield group. But he's got a skill set and more or less his polish around the footy when he gets the ball in hand and his cleanliness at ground level makes him um, a weapon that we want to have up and around the footy. We've got a poll up on Twitter at SCNWA Breakfast. You can oh, vote oh, there. I love a poll. You didn't have to touch it. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. We apologise for that type of behaviour. Hey, Tasmania, uh, two what? for 30. Uh, two for 23, actually. Uh, Court Bancroft, Bold Kelly, Nathan Ellis is gone. Join Billy tomorrow. Mark Duffield yeah, after good. eight. Thanks for your company. Well played, boys.